opportunity to be together to worship God on this beautiful spring day. Thank you all for taking time to be here today and encouraging me, and I hope that I can encourage you with the things we have to discuss today. Well, spring is a time for growth and for planting, isn't it? Yesterday, we finished planting our garden. It was a beautiful day for planting, and it is exciting time if you like to garden, to get your seeds in the ground and to think about what may come in that garden every year. Maybe you've got some flowers that you're putting out or maybe you're putting out a few tomato plants behind the house and it's an exciting time. But there's a lot of time that it passes between planting a seed and getting something out of the garden to eat. There's a lot of work that goes in there and it's not a given because you plant something that you'll get something out of that. There's a lot of things and factors that go into whether or not that seed will produce any fruit. And Jesus gives us a parable about this in Matthew chapter 13. If you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, Jesus teaches us some lessons about seed and getting fruit off of that seed or getting produce off of that seed and some of the things that it takes in order to do that. We looked at this parable, I don't know, maybe a year ago now, with aspects of what the sower did, does in this parable. This morning, I want to look at it with a focus on the soil in this parable. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13, beginning of verse 1. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Have you ever thought about Jesus teaching great crowds without the benefit of a public address system, without the benefit of any kind of amplification of his voice? He accomplishes that here by getting out on the sea in a boat, away from the crowds, where they could hear him. Interesting to think about how that would have worked back in those days. But in verse 3, Then he spake many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they were, had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so we have the familiar story, the familiar parable of the sower. This morning, let's look and see what types of lessons we can learn from Jesus' parable. The first lesson we need to learn is that everyone is some type of soil. The soil that Jesus is talking about here, the different types of soil, represent the different types of hearts that the seed could fall on. The seed being the Word of God, and the seed is falling on soil on different types of hearts, on different types of people. Everyone is some type of soil. That is, those in the world who are not Christians are some type of soil. I will tell you, us as Christians, we're some type of soil as well. We're all some type of soil. And when I was a kid studying this parable... I used to be a little bit perplexed because I would think, well, I sure hope that I'm that good soil. I sure hope that I'm the type of soil that Jesus says is the good soil. That's what I want to be. I hope that I'm like that. Well, I want to tell you, 
This parable doesn't say that you're born with a type of soil, but you get to choose what type of soil you will be. You know, there are a lot of folks who tell us, well, you're just born with the characteristics of being someone who'd be inclined to serving God and someone who's not. In fact, the Calvinists teach us that you're either born with God choosing you to be faithful to Him or you're born with God choosing for you to go to hell, but that is simply not the case. Look in verse 15 of this context. Look at verse 15. Jesus says, For their hearts, the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are, are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should hear with their, uh, e e see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Jesus says these people had chosen the type of soil that they were going to be. Jesus says we can choose what type of soil we are. And that determination will require preparation on our part. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, And Samuel spoke unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve Him only, and He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Here we see that Samuel is telling them they needed to prepare their hearts. They needed to get their soil right. And you know, if you're planting a garden, Many times it's advisable for you to do a soil test and have your soil analyzed to, to figure out what type of minerals and nutrients are in that soil so that you can amend the soil for your garden to get the kind of harvest that you want. That's important if you're a gardener. It's even more important if you're a, a big farmer and you're planting hundreds of acres. You want to make sure that if you put that seed in the ground, it's going to have what it needs to grow and mature. And so it is with us and our hearts. We want to be receptive to God's word. We want to bear fruit. And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to get our soil right. You're not stuck with the type of soil that you might, be right, might have right now. You can work on that soil and prepare it as Samuel encouraged the people to do. And we are in control. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 23. Joshua chapter 24, verse 23, Joshua says, Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. Everyone is some type of soil. And the good news is you get to choose what type of soil you're going to be. You're not stuck with the type of soil you might have right now. You are in control what type of soil will you have? Well, Jesus explains this parable back in our context in Matthew chapter 13, beginning of verse 18, as he explains the different types of soil that the sower encounters. In verse 18 of Matthew chapter 13, Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who receives the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises of the word, uh, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, 
some 60, some 30. Jesus explains the four types of soil. This morning, we want to make sure that we are that good soil. And so as a result, there are some things that we need to avoid. We need to avoid, number one, being the wayside ground. Nobody wants to be the wayside ground. And I want to tell you, we avoid being the wayside ground by valuing God's Word for what it is. By placing a value on God's Word, that'll help us not be the wayside ground. Back in that context in Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. This person who receives seed by the wayside, it says here that he didn't understand the word. That Greek word that is translated understand is the word that's on your screen. I think it's uh, sunemi, but that word literally means to put together, to comprehend, by implication to act piously, to consider, to understand, to be wise. I want to tell you, this soil type didn't understand the gospel, didn't understand the word, not because the word is too hard to understand. The gospel is not like calculus or differential equations or organic chemistry or some kind of terribly complicated thing that nobody can understand. We can understand the word. I want to tell you, this person didn't understand it because he didn't allow it to become part of his life. He didn't put it together. He didn't comprehend it. He didn't think about it and apply it to his life. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, we see, have the same word presented. In Ephesians 5, verse 17, Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. There's that same Greek word. Paul tells us we must understand what the will of the Lord is. We must understand this. Therefore, if God is telling us to understand it, He's not going to give us a command that's impossible. He's not saying you've got to understand calculus when you can't add 2 plus 2. You've got to understand. No, we can understand this. What we have to do is we have to dwell on it. We have to think about it. We have to apply it to our lives. The wayside soil didn't do that. The wayside soil didn't appreciate this for what it is. It didn't appreciate the Word of God. And as a result, it just said, well, I'm not going to do anything with that. I'm not going to try and comprehend that. I'm not going to try and apply it to my life. I'm just going to let it sit there on top of the ground. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Philippians chapter 2, or 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For this cause we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as it is as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. The Thessalonians received what Paul was teaching. Why? Because they realized it was the Word of God. They had the message that God wanted them to hear. And as a result, they received it. They understood it. They comprehended it. They dwelt upon it. They meditated on it. They sought ways to apply it to their life because they valued it for what it is. Why do so many not understand the Bible today? because they don't appreciate it. They don't understand the Bible because they don't appreciate it for what it is. And as a result, they are somewhat casual with the way that they approach the study of the Bible. They don't, they don't get into it and study it. 
Others don't appreciate it for what it is, and they'll add men's philosophy over God's Word. Have you ever known people who claimed to be religious, and they wanted to get together and do some studying? And what did they study? They studied a book that was written by some human, rather than studying God's Word. If we value this for what it is, we'll be studying and understanding this and valuing this and applying it to our lives. We won't be like the wayside soil who didn't allow the word to take root, who didn't understand and comprehend it because he didn't value it for what it is. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the passage that Ben read for us, or I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul knew what this was. This is the power of God to salvation. If we want to be saved, here is the answer right here. Are we willing to appreciate this and apply it to ourselves, to our lives? Is the word of God, is the seed making a difference in your life? Are you valuing it for what it is? I'll tell you something else that we learned about the wayside soil is that there is a time-sensitive nature to this. That seed set on top of the ground. And when the seed sets on top of the ground, what's it exposed to? It's exposed to birds and other prey that might, or, or animals that might take it and eat it before it can establish root. I want to tell you there is a time-sensitive nature when you plant your garden. You want that seed to germinate and grow fast before something can damage that seed. So it is true in our lives as well. When we hear the Word of God on any subject, do we just let that Word set on top of our hearts? Or do we take it into our hearts and make application? Because the devil will come along and snatch that Word if we don't allow it to take root and take root fast. Have you ever known someone like that? Have you ever known someone who knew what they needed to do and they kept kicking the can down the road, if you will, putting it off? You say, yeah, that's what it says. That's what I need to do. One of these days I'll get around to doing that. Yeah, it says I need to make a change in my life in this area or that area. I'm not measuring up in this aspect of my life, but I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to do anything with that right now. You know what will happen? How many times have you seen the devil come and snatch that seed away? where the person just gets comfortable not living like they should and not conforming to this word. It's a time-sensitive thing. When we know what God wants us to do, we need to be avoiding being like the wayside soil and do something and do something about it now. The wayside soil didn't value God's word, didn't allow it to take root in its life. The stony ground. I'll tell you, we need to avoid being the stony ground, and that is by being steadfast. Back in Romans, Matthew chapter 13, verse 20. Matthew 13, verse 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he's offended. This person was not like the wayside soil. This person valued God's word says this person received it with joy. This person was glad to hear what God wanted him to do. This person was excited about hearing it. But notice what happened. This person did not remain faithful when times got tough. And notice what Jesus said about it. He didn't say, well, maybe times will get tough. No, he said, when 
tribulation or persecution arises. Jesus says, when, not if. Tough times are coming. Will we be steadfast? Will we remain faithful when the tough times come? Just starting out a life of being a Christian, just starting out and doing God's will is not enough. We've got to see it through. We've got to see it through to the end. Have we ever been guilty of this? Have we ever heard a sermon or read an article that convicted us of something that needed to change in our life? And we said, you know what? I'm going to change. I'm going to start right now. And we started, but then things got difficult. And we slipped back into that same rut that we were in. We've got to avoid being like this stony ground. We've got to persevere. Persevere no matter what challenges may come our way. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Paul says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Paul says, be steadfast, always abounding, no matter what the challenges we may face. Good times are bad. Happy times are sad. We've got to be persevering. We've got to be doing what God tells us to do, no matter what obstacles may stand in our way. And tough times are coming. We've got to be faithful and steadfast. In Revelation chapter 2, Revelation chapter 2, the latter part of verse 10 says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. And if you look earlier there in that context, he's not talking about just until the point that you happen to fade away and die in a ripe old age. No, he says you need to be faithful even if they're going to chop your head off for serving God. You be faithful to the point of death. You persevere. Don't be like that stony ground. When times get tough, you just give up and say, I'm done. No, you persevere until the end. We've got to make sure that we're being faithful when times are tough. So why does this wayside or the stony ground, why does it give up when times get tough? Well, Jesus tells us, because this person did not have any root. This person didn't have any root. The seed hadn't had an opportunity to take root. The seed had failed to grow as it should. Remember, this person received the word with joy. This person was excited about it. But something more than just being excited about it is it required. We've got to make sure that we're being diligent to prepare and to grow because tough times are coming. You know, we plant our garden in the springtime. You may put out flowers in the springtime. Maybe you need a little grass in your yard. You plant some grass seed. You don't plant it in the heat of the summer. You plant it in the springtime while conditions are favorable and when it's easy for things to grow because tough days of summer are coming when there's drought and there's heat and there's stress. You want those plants to have deep roots so they can endure those difficult times. And so it is with us in our lives. We may have easy goings of it right now, but we need to be making sure that we're making roots, that we're growing so that we can be prepared when tough times come. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to be growing. That means daily we're going to need to be studying and meditating and thinking on God's Word on applying it to our lives so that we're prepared when difficult times come. Because 
If we happen to be like the stony ground, notice the terrible consequences of failing to grow in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. We cannot afford to fall away. We cannot afford to be like the stony ground. We must make sure that we're remaining steadfast and that we're growing. So, we don't want to be like the wayside ground. We don't want to be like the stony ground. I want to tell you, we don't want to be like the thorny ground either. And the way we avoid being like the thorny ground is make sure that we maintain the right priorities. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, Jesus explains this thorny ground, but he, also, he that also received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. Jesus says the care of this world, things that are temporal in nature and temporary and fleeting and passing, things of this physical world can compete with the word of God and choke it out. He also says that the deceitfulness of riches, materialism, the desire to have more and more stuff, more and more things can compete with the word and choke it out. I want to tell you, we learn from this parable that these things don't just spring up overnight, do they? They don't just spring up overnight. All of a sudden, you wake up and you got weeds in your garden that are six feet tall. Doesn't work like that, does it? When I go out in my garden and I'm watching it grow, I see those weeds that are there and they start out really small. Just a little speck of green there beside my corn plants. But you know what happens? It grows. And over time, it gets to the point where I can't find my corn because it's covered up weeds. And he says here that it becomes unfruitful. It becomes unfruitful. We gradually lose our priorities. We gradually lose our perspective on things. And we allow those weeds in our lives to grow in such a way that they choke out the Word and the Word becomes unfruitful. And notice he doesn't say that it dies. You know, there are some years when our garden doesn't look that good. We get busy. Our priorities shift away from the garden into something else. And you know what? I can go out there. And if I dig around down in those weeds, I can still find those tomatoes. And I can still find those beans. They're still down there. They're just not bearing me any fruit. And so it is with our lives of service to God. As our priorities shift... Oh, we still got some religion. We still have some faith, but you know what? It's not fruitful like it should be because we've allowed these other things to choke out the word. We need to make sure that we keep the weeds out of our lives. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We need to understand what's most important in our life. Kids, what's most important in your life is not your school. Don't smile too big. It's still important, but it's not the most important thing. And it's not your ball team, and it's not your uh, uh, recreational pursuits. That's not most important. Parents, it's 
The most important thing in our lives is not our careers. It's not what neighborhood we live in. It's not where our kids end up going to college and what their careers are. The most important thing in life is serving God. He's got to have top priority in our lives or else we're like that, uh, that thorny soil. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Jesus says, Be careful about allowing things of this world to grow in your life and take priority and precedence over serving God because he says it's not important. The accumulation of wealth is not what's most important. But you know what's dangerous about that? Is when we get a little wealth, what does it do? Do you ever get enough stuff and enough things where you say, you know what, I got enough? I like my bank account right where it is. I don't think I want another dime in my bank account. And I, I, got, I just got a raise at work. I don't think I'll ever want another raise at all. And this house that we're living in is just the right size. And I would never want a newer car. No, what happens is when you get stuff, you want more, don't you? It's those weeds that are growing in our lives that can take precedence over God and serving Him. We've got to stop and realize what's most important. In Luke chapter 12, verse 16, Jesus goes on. He says a, a parable to them. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? He said, This I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. He said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, neither for your body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and body is more than raiment. This man was foolish, wasn't he? Because he thought that all that mattered in life was how much stuff he had. And he had a good harvest, and he was going to store it up, and he was going to enjoy it. And God says, you didn't think about me, and you made a big mistake. And if we allow these weeds in our lives to spring up, we'll make a big mistake. We'll be like that uh, thorny soil, and we will fall away. Well, that brings us to the last type of soil, the type of soil that we want to be, and that is the good ground. And the good ground was good because it bore fruit. In Matthew 13, verse 23, He that receives seed in the, unto the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. This, this ground received the same seed as everyone else. What mattered was what he did with the seed. He allowed that seed to take root. He maintained the correct priorities. He did not allow difficult times to discourage him and cause him to fall away. And as a result, he bore fruit. And that's what matters. What do we do with the word when we hear it? Not that we just heard it. Not that we just, well, we know what we're supposed to do. But do we do it? Do we obey it? Do we follow it in our lives? We've got to bear fruit. In John chapter 15, verse 5, John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine. And ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch 
and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Bearing fruit. Doing something with what we hear in the Bible is what matters. It's not an option. Jesus says if you don't, if you don't take this into your heart and you don't live it in your life and as a result bear fruit by doing what God wants you to do, Jesus says you're going to be cast into the fire. Bearing fruit is not an option. We've got to make sure that we are that good ground, that we're bearing fruit. So we have the parable of the sower. Everyone here this morning is some type of soil. What type of soil are you? You get to choose. You get to choose what type of soil you're going to be. Are you going to be that wayside soil that doesn't value God's word? I hear it. I'm just not going to do anything with it. The devil will help you out with that, won't he? If you don't want to do it, the devil's going to help you out. He'll come take that seed away. You don't have to worry about it anymore. If you don't value it for what it is. Are you like that stony ground where you look at the word and you say, that's really good. I'm going to do that, but I'm not going to be committed to it. When times get tough, we'll just let that go because you don't have that root. You haven't allowed the seed to grow. It could be like that thorny ground that just hears the word but, and takes it in and starts to live it, but you allow these other priorities to take their place of where God ought to be? Or are you going to be the good ground and bear fruit by being steadfast, keeping your priorities where they need to be, valuing God's word for what it is and living it in every aspect of your life? If you're here this morning, not living like you should, if there's anything that we can do to help you spiritually, will you let us know while we stand and while we sing?